Test, test, test. Good morning, Faithway. Good morning, Faithway Online. It's a beautiful day to be here together worshiping corporately as a church. And if you have joined us online, we want to welcome you to our online platform. We do have someone who's back there ready to engage and interact with you. It's not a computer talking to you. It's one of our live team members. So if you want to send us in your request or let us know where you're tuning in from, we'd love to see how far out you guys are. Um, we have a couple of announcements coming up today. We've got a couple of changes also. Our Laredo service is usually at 6 p.m. and it is now officially starting today at 1 p.m. in Laredo. So if you guys are ever in Laredo, you're not here. I know we've got a lot of traveling um, people who, who work out of town. So if you ever cannot make it in the morning, Laredo will also be there at 1 p.m. So that's a good time for everyone. Um, youth, you are not going to be getting together here at the youth building for service today. You guys will be getting together at 5.30 at the fireworks stand. I think you guys are going to be closing out today. So you all did amazing. Can we give them an applause? You know, our youth, they are dedicated and they are committed and they stuck it out from morning to night out there at the fireworks stand and they did great. I'm not sure they sold out. We don't have the, the numbers yet, but I'm pretty sure that they did great. Um, ladies meeting is this Thursday. So all ladies 18 and up this Thursday at 6 p.m. at the Children's Church building. That's the colorful building that's outside. So bring your friends, bring your sister, bring someone with you. It's, an, it's a wonderful environment to be in and it's a, it's a great place to be. Um, also... We have a note here from Miss Selma and the ushers team. Miss Selma sees so many beautiful smiles and is waiting for you to join our usher team. Let's start off the new year the right way, guys. Instead of making a resolution, make a commitment, something that is meaningful and something that can help you step into a closer and deeper relationship with Christ. And why not start right here by serving others? This is how we serve Jesus, by serving others, becoming his hands and feet. So if you are um, interested, we do have space for you, lots of space for you at the greeting uh, team, ushers team, welcome team, and the kids ministry also in the cleaning team. There's somewhere for every single one of you. Each and every one of us are called to serve and to be his hands and feet so we can place you guys somewhere if there's somewhere where you'd like to serve. Also, JSMI students, today is the due date. So midnight, please have all of the coursework turned in to the Faithway Gmail. Um, and we will go ahead and start grading that so that we can have our exam. We are almost done, JSMI students. You guys are doing amazing. We're very excited. We've only got two more months. We'll be done at the end of February. So you guys are doing awesome. So at this time, let's go ahead and open up our hearts and let's get ready to receive the word and experience life in a new way. Children, you guys are dismissed. Parents, go ahead and text them in to sign. Well, good morning, everybody. Look at somebody and say, boy, you look good this year. You look good, Laura. Look, you look thinner and working on it. All right, so let's get right into it. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6 as we release the children it's kind of like release the Kraken. No, just kidding. That's cool. Everything's growing again. Amen? We're getting everything back to normal. And um, I'll let you give you the heads up. We are having a Super Bowl party whenever the Super Bowl shows up and the Cowboys are there. No, we're having a Super Bowl party this year. We'll just have a Super Bowl. We won't mention the Cowboys at all. 
Glory to God. I'm just waiting for other kids to move on. Let's all go ahead and pray here for a moment. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for, for this church. We thank you for this new year. Like Terry said, we get 12 new checks. Each month represents one. And Father, we pray that we, we're not wasteful with our time. We pray, God, that even Faithway as a church, as an organization, not just this, not the, not the hub, which is Hebronville, but even Puebla and Laredo, and our missions program, and everything else we do, Father, that, that you are lifted up, that you are the one that, that drives this car, Father. We're not a driven ministry. We are a directed ministry. And Father, more than ever, you need to pray this prayer over your life, more than ever, we need your direction. With this, the uncertainty of times and what we've seen in the last year in 2020, Father, well, this is a time of focus. And I give you praise and glory for every everything, all the helps teams, all the leadership, all the wonderful people that watches our online church, that they're just as much part of this, people watching from different states, Father, from northern part of the United States, even into Ukraine, Father. So our, our, our reach is, is going further and further, and we give you glory and praise, Father, for what this church stands for in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. So let me give you kind of a little introduction to where we're all going with this. First of all, as you heard Kathy mention we, we had to change the schedule in Laredo because that schedule was not working for anybody. You know, back when I, when I was a kid, you had church almost every day of your life. But, and Sunday night church was a thing. How many remember when Sunday night church was a thing? You'd go Sunday morning, and you were supposed to go back Sunday night. And you were supposed to be there Wednesday night. And if they had prayer meeting on Tuesday night, you were supposed to be there Tuesday night. And then men's fellowship on Thursday night. Yeah, that's how it used to be. But guess what? When it was like that, the country was in better shape. I'm just saying, right? We were watching, um, Hayden and I were revisiting Karate Kid movies, and he's asking me about the 80s, and he says, things seemed like so much simpler. I said, yes, there wasn't no internet. That's why it was real simple. We weren't distracted, you know, with phones and stuff, and, and the craziness, and the morality. So this country has gone a really, you know, not the country, the world. The world has gone in a strange direction. I was going back to some of my notes of January, and I'm, I kind of wanted to, like, slapped myself in the face because the Lord really gave us information. I was wondering, you know, I said, I just went back to the notes. I said, what was I preaching on January? Well, I was preaching the same thing I'm going to talk to you this morning. But I think we didn't realize how important it was. So it was like, yeah, that's a cool teaching, you know, I got it. And then here comes February, then here comes March, and then here comes the new world that we have today. And I'm thinking, man, you know, maybe if we would have, I'm talking about myself now, you can jump in if you want to. I would have paid more attention to what I was even preaching. We, we, you know, we would have navigated it maybe differently. So, you know, God speaks some things. In 2021, we're here. Glory to God. How many are glad 2020 is over? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Nobody celebrates a year over. Well, you know, like I said on New Year's Eve service, um, just because the calendar changed doesn't really mean anything has changed. Um, yes, we got vaccines out and other things are going, you know, in our favor. But this is the world that we live in. You know, this is the Bible. He says, well, don't be negative, Pastor. I'm not. You've got to read the Bible. Read Matthew 24. It's all there. Read some of the book of Revelations. Read even some of the prophecies in the Old Testament. They talk about times like this. They talk about, so God never, you know, God never holds out to his people what's going on. But his people need to seek him. Thank you for your excitement on that one. You know, we want just God to be like a Facebook post. And he'll just pop up and, oh, this is God, you know, two lines and you got, no, you have to dig it. You have to dig a well. You have to go in there and work it. If you really want to listen to the voice of God, you got to work it. It's not just, I mean, yes, we hear the daily voice 
and the influence of the Spirit, but I'm talking into the depth, into the depth. And I remember, Gabby, you said something. Good to see you guys, by the way. You guys are such a blessing. And when he came up here and gave that beautiful testimony of God's grace, he said that you got to go to the deep. Remember that, Gabby? He said, you got to go to the deep. That stayed with me. And that really is what it's about. So this month, you know, we're kind of dedicate that to, to learning what that even means. So Matthew chapter 6, and if you're there, let me just go right into it. Um, yeah, now, now with a new schedule change, that's where I was going with this. I need to beeline out of here. And that might change. We're just in an adapted mode, but, you know, I need to be in Laredo before 1. And right now, my leadership has bets. There's a wager going on that they say, there's no way pastor can finish before 12. And there were like 10 of them that were like, yeah, there's no way. So I'm giving them three to one odds. Yeah, that's a little thing this morning here, like, you know. But anyway, so I need to get out of here. And the, but we'll modify it and we'll work with, with, with what we have. Um, we're not going to limit God, the spirit of God in any way. And if the Holy Spirit moves, then Laredo will have to tend to itself, right? Or we'll send somebody. One of you can go down there and talk to them. All right. Matthew chapter 6. I want to point out three things from here, and then we're going to get really into the meat of, of where we're going with this. So Matthew 6 is really the core of what we're studying this month, and there's just a lot in there. And I want to start on the last one, on the last scripture, Matthew 6, verse 33. Then I'm going to go up into the, some of the first scriptures. And it begins with this. It says, Seek first his kingdom... I'm reading NIV, and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own, or of its own. So, we, you know, we've learned last week, we introduced it last week about seeking first the kingdom, and we, you know, we covered a lot of the introduction, so I'm not going to rehash that, but there are three things that Jesus tells us in Matthew 6 that we must do. There's three things. Everybody say three things. I'm going to give you a Baptist message this morning. Three points and a quote, and I'm out of here. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, that's not going to happen. But there are three things. Verse 2, it says, So when you give to the needy, do not announce with trumpets, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but one of the things that we see says, So when you give. So Jesus is not talking if you give. It's when you give. So giving wasn't, it's not, you know, giving is just second nature to believer. You know, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Well, as a believer, one of the things you're going to see in your transition as a Christian, especially if you're coming out of, you know, the world like we all did at some point, one of the things that you're going to, there's a shift in your heart that this is not about you anymore. I mean, you have noticed that. That begins to grow, and pretty soon you're concerned about other people. You're concerned about other nations. You're concerned about other situations, not just about you and your family anymore. Well, so Jesus says, so when you give, another statement he makes down in verse 5, and then he says, when you pray. Everybody say pray. Everybody say give and say pray. So now there's two things that Jesus is not, these aren't um, suggestions. This is an ex expectation from Jesus to you, right? When you give, when you pray. And then he gives you certain instructions. We're not going to major on that because my time will leave me there. And then if you go down to verse 16, he adds another when. It says, when you fast. When you fast. So you got give, pray, and fast. Those are, those are three fundamental principles that every believer has to have in their life in some form. If you're, not a, if you're a believer, and I'm talking, if you're brand new to this, the expectation of, of anybody is, no, you need to kind of, you know, I can tell you to give, but when it comes to revelation, when it goes from the head to the heart, 
then it then it's it's amazing because then you just become like this generous you know crazy generous giver and you, you know so it's not about forcing anybody to do anything but there are three things that you should grow into that Jesus says is number one is this when you give one two when you pray when you fast and then after that then comes the explanation of hey you know all that stuff that everybody's looking for your heavenly father knows that you have need of it so seek first the kingdom of God and and you know this, the name of the series is first things first so we're, we're this is the first Sunday of 2021, and we learned a lot of lessons in 2020 that we don't want to repeat. So we have to really approach this new year with almost like a, you know, like a whole new attitude. Can I hear an amen? You know, and, and we're going to change some things here, not, 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 not major change, nothing that will affect anybody seriously, you know, mainly on leadership and, and, and form of service and stuff. But, you know, the new year gives us an opportunity to hit the reset button. Now, what the world has done, they call it resolutions. So if you had a resolution on the 31st, we're at the 3rd, so you probably already broke it. I'm not going to have a show of hands. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go on a keto diet. So yesterday, H takes me to go have lunch. And they order fries, and they have bread on the table. And they have, I'm like, well, there was that resolution. But we're starting again. Laura and I have like this thing. We say, I'm going to watch him do it. That's how it's going to work. I'm your accountability partner. You, you, I'm not your accountability partner. Just to make sure we got all this straight. I'll be watching you, all right? Make sure you're on, you stay focused. So resolutions don't work for the most part. What works are decisions, decisions of quality. A decision of quality is simply a decision that you don't come back from. You make a decision. You know, if most people that got married made a decision of quality the day they stood in front of the pastor or the priest, there would never be a divorce. Because you're like, I'm in. The only way out of this is dead. Well, sometimes they'll kill one of them, so we don't want to go there, right? But I'm just saying, decisions of quality are, are things that you say, they're, they're very personal. You don't have to announce it. You don't have to post it on Facebook. This is between you and you and God and you and God and you, 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 God, because nobody else is involved in this decision. I keep saying you, you, because your biggest fight, guess who it is with? It's with you. Your biggest arguments are with you. Your biggest failures come from you. You can blame La Suegra y el compadre and the neighbor and the weather and Trump and everybody and their mother, but at the end of the day, you are the architect of your life. And if you don't like something in your life, you can blame the whole planet Earth, but at the end of the day, it's your responsibility to fix it. It's not pastors, it's not the church. And guess what? It's not even God's responsibility. God gave you tools to fix it. It's just like a vehicle, right? If the car breaks down, you've got to have the right tools to fix it. And if your life is broken down in certain areas, you, have the right, you need the right tools to fix your life. We don't have to put up with, with a lower level of living. You know, some of the testimonies that are coming, and I, and I don't make light of this, and don't, don't, don't read into anything else I say, but you know, with, with the COVID outbreaks and everything, and we were, we were exposed, my wife and I, and Caden, for many, 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 many hours to somebody that, that was, that, you know, two people that were positive, and we tested, and of course it came back negative, because guess what, we don't believe for it. And we were in, in everything they tell you not to do, that's who we were. We hugged, we were in a closed room, no open windows. We ate together. I don't know, we probably drank from the same cups. Who knows, you know, at that point. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's the grace of God and an understanding of covenant. And that's why that thing doesn't get on us. Amen? So, and there's been that same testimony has come across the church, you know. So, so we have a new way of living. We make a decision and we begin to see the kingdom of God 
as a greater influence in our lives than our own kingdom, than even the U.S. government or any government. Now, we want to, you know, I like something that Terry says, we will obey all the government rules that ever come down the pipe, except if they violate God's rules. I mean, I'm telling you right now, because who knows what's coming down the pipe with all the surprises we've had and people coming against the church and trying to shut the church down and trying to, you know, even Mr. Cuomo making statements that Christians should be locked up in a closet, basically, and shut up and sit down. I mean, that's what he's saying, you know? So you got to think about what's coming down the pipe. So said all these things, yes, we will respect all the governments, but the kingdom of God is a bigger government. And I've chosen to live in that place since 1993. Now, I didn't have the revelation. I didn't have the understanding. I didn't have a lot of depth. But I, my wife and I, in 1993, now I got born again in 1992, but when we went, we were on our way to our first believers convention, completely broke, and, and I'm not going to take it down the thing, but we, we made a decision, you know what? We're going to live this way. You know, if this thing doesn't work, then nothing works. And guess what? We found out in almost 30 years that it does work. Glory to God. So the kingdom of God and the principles that, that we teach you here, and hopefully most of you have understood where I come from, most, you know, I'll speak for myself, and I think I can speak for most of the speakers, if not all the speakers that I bring to this platform. No one here is preaching theology to you. These aren't just ideas. This is things that my wife and I have tested and proven to ourselves over almost 30 years. Now, when you have something that's tested and proven for that long, you're pretty convinced. So the messages come from a place of knowing, not of a place of just teaching. Does that make sense? So, so if, you, if you take it from where it's coming from, really my job, and I believe, you know, HH and, and, our, and our team and everyone that's part of the, the team is really to try to build a bridge for you. So you don't have to wait 30 years to understand something. See, I've tracked it, but if I can teach something and three months and save you 30 years, how many of you know that three months is better than 30 years, right? That means you, you should be so far ahead of where we are because you don't have to go through a lot of the stuff that we went to see if this stuff actually works. So said all that, one of the things that, that we're gonna be talking about this morning is, is the principle of fasting and how that applies to your life and, 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 and you really have to have a Bible understanding, clear understanding because that is a subject that it's almost unheard of in the churches um, because what? It inconveniences people. Imagine that. It's, something's going to inconvenience you. If y'all you know, really want to see what the church inconvenience looks like, you go to Cuba, and then you see a very inconvenient situation, and nonetheless, everybody's worshiping the Lord, right? So, you know, there are things that God will suggest, and it could be a little inconvenient to, for you. But once you understand where he's coming from, then you make the decision to say, you know, this is something I want to track. And this is one area that I've heard so, many, so much bad teaching on fasting. And, you know, I've heard some great teaching. So I'm going to try to summarize. And again, this is not going to be done today. So I'm going to deliver to where the clock permits today. We still have communion. We have offering. We have all these things. And I need to move starting to Laredo in a little while. Well, you know, so I can be there at one. But here's, here's the point that, I, that I'm telling you. Stay with the teachings even if you decide not to fast, because it's completely voluntary. So we're going to talk about what it means and so forth and so on. So, so with that in mind, you know, I just wanted to use Matthew as a, as a jumping off, because he does give us three things we're supposed to do. We're supposed to give, we're supposed to pray, and we're supposed to fast. You know, those are just 
things you're supposed to do. So let's go now to the book of Isaiah. And I have some of this stuff up on the screen and some of it's not there, so whatever is there is there. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 58, and I want to read to you verses 2 through 12. And if you have your Bible to look at, or you can look on the screen, but I do suggest you take some notes because you're going to see. So here in Isaiah, um, the Lord presents a pretty clear vision, you know, through the prophet Isaiah of what was happening. So let me give you kind of the premise of what, or the, you know, why this came up. And you see this even in the book of Malachi, and you see it in other places. You have a group of people, before I read it, I want to understand because that's still the church today. We have a group of people that love God. If you love God, say amen. Thank you. And you get, you're in church, so that's good. Or you're watching online, that's good. You know, you're, you're tracking. So you're not that guy that's forced to go to church, or maybe somebody did force you this morning, but oh well. Um, but most of us aren't forced to go to church. And now you are here, and you, you, know, you, you, you kind of get very mechanical. Okay, we go to church, we've got three songs, we've got a prayer, church, you know, service is done at 12, and, you, and, you, and you're getting everything. But what happens with that, it pretty much it becomes just like something else you do in your life. It's almost like going to work, right? I've got to be there at 8, you know, make sure that... And you're really missing, because one thing I said a few weeks ago, and I know it was prophetic, because now I think I'm... So how do you know something's prophetic? When I say something and I keep thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it, it's just the Lord trying to get my attention. And I said this, it's been a while now, I'm going to say within the last month maybe, but I said it in this church, I remember I said, your success, you might write this one down, you might tweet it, you might Facebook it, your success is in the presence of God. Simple as that. Your, your success of everything you do in life, your business, your marriage, raising your family, your finances, you know, whatever you call success will begin and will be accomplished when you find the presence of God. Because in the presence of God, there's fullness. And where there's fullness, there's no room for anything else. Amen? In his presence is fullness. And one of the things it's full of, it's full of joy. And it's, and it's full of peace. And it's full of health. So the church, more than anything else, should be in a pursuit of his presence. In other words, seek ye first the kingdom. Because... The atmosphere of the kingdom is the presence of God. That's what it is. The atmosphere, the air that you breathe when you are talking about the kingdom of God, I mean, I mean like spiritual air, obviously, <laughs> but, the, but the, the, the same as the air in our world is the presence of God in the kingdom of God. It's everywhere, and it controls everything. So what we're after, we're not after trying to be hyper-religious. We're not after they're trying to say, oh, look at me, I'm super holy because I know how to fast and pray. No, we, I, that doesn't matter at all. We are seeking the presence. Because if you find the presence, you find everything else, right? So let's look now with that idea. We find a group of people that are basically doing church, but they're missing something. They're missing the reason. Everybody say purpose. Everything that you don't know what the purpose is for will be misused. Yeah, I mean, anything. if you don't know what the purpose is for a hammer, you'll misuse it. If you don't know what the purpose is for anything. You know, even your car has a purpose, right? And it's not to do donuts. Because I've done them and the wheels come off, so yeah, cars aren't designed for that. Everything has a purpose. Isaiah 58, verse 2. For day after day, they seek me out. See, that's us, right? We're in church today. They seem eager to know my ways, as if they were a nation that does what is right, 
and has not forsaken the commands of its God. And I know there's a little bit of spiritual sarcasm in what the Lord is saying there because he says they're acting as a nation that does what is right. In other words, they're not doing what is right. They're just acting like it. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. So, you know, that, that sounds noble, right? We want God to make influence our decision-making process. We want God to help us with the everyday activities. But then he says, the people say, why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it. So now they're even fasting. But the problem is they don't know what, what the fast is about. Now watch how this thing begins to break down now, because God is saying, hey, you guys are going to church, you guys are praying, you guys are fasting, you're acting like you want my voice there, but you don't really want my voice. Because, you know, most people, again, look at your neighbor and say, that's not you, so you're free, go ahead. It could be you, but just say, to humor me, that's not you. Most people come up with a plan, and they want God to bless the plan. Say amen. How many have done that? How many are lying in church? No, I'm just kidding. Most of us have done something to that context. You see something in your life that needs fixed. You want to start a business. You want to get married to somebody. You want to do something. And you're like, this is the plan, God. Can you bless it? Let me tell you something about God's plans. He's not, he's not going to bless your plan unless his plan lines up to his plan. Because he's the one that said, also in the book of Isaiah, my plans are higher than your plans. My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. That doesn't mean we can't have the thoughts of God. That doesn't mean we can't have the plans of God. That doesn't mean we can't walk in the higher places of God. That just simply means he's at a different place than you are. So while you're trying him to over here to, to, you know, to bless your, your taco with eggs and chorizo, he's prepared a five-course meal of filet mignon. And all, so you're, you know, we are at a lower level of thinking. Not there's nothing wrong with what you're thinking, but there's a higher place. So when you discover the process of, well, Pastor, okay, that's good. How do I get to think the thoughts of God? How do I get to understand the purposes and plans for God? Well, it begins, with, again, through those three points that, that Jesus gives us. Pretty much everything you need to discover will happen in there through generosity, through prayer, and through fasting. Because when you, when you sow, and I, don't, I keep going back to this, that's not my message, but when you give something to somebody, you're not just acting something in natural, you're kicking in spiritual laws in, in effect that will, will affect your life. You might not realize that, you know, you say, oh, no, I'll just pay for your meal. You just set yourself up that you will never be without a meal. Because that's the system. Now, you know, this, this, all this teaching will come in a few weeks. But I'm saying, you, you, you know, you don't have to understand everything about everything to trust something. You guys okay with that? You know, if you've ever flown on an airplane, you imagine if you had to have a pilot's license before you were able, they would let you on? No, you don't. You just got to buy a ticket, right? You don't have to understand how this thing works. You got to trust it, because if you don't trust it, I wouldn't suggest you get on, because you're going to have like a really, really bad flight. You'd be all stressed out, right? And I've been in some crazy flights, trust me. But what you do know once you buy that ticket, you've developed trust in something you don't understand because it has a track record. Safest way of travel is still flying. Imagine that. Well, the same thing with God. I don't understand everything about this. It's, you know, for example, some people say, how does a tithe work? I really don't know. I know, how, how you, I know what you're supposed to do, but why does it work? I got no idea how, why it works, but it works. 
And tithers are never broke. And tithers always got the money to give. And tithers are always enjoying life at a different place. I'm telling you. I don't know how that works. But I know that if I give, as Jesus said, I kick the spiritual principle of give and it shall be given unto you. See, so everything's tied into all these rules and laws. So, so when people are walking with God, they're always continuing to say, well, God, you know, bless this, bless that. And he says, no, no, you need to jump into the way I do things. And I think I said this last week. If you didn't want to learn everything about the kingdom of God, that's fine. You still go to heaven, but you're going to have a, a, a lower level of living here. And God will do miracles for you, and he'll fix things here and there. But I'm talking of a continual blessed life. I'm talking about every day of your life, you walk in the blessing. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about waking up and knowing that that day is going to be all right. Because now you've developed a kingdom of God mindset, and you're doing your part. So back to this principle, because we've we got to stay focused on this. Like I said, I'm not going to finish this today. And when, uh, I'm kind of praying. I think Wednesday night we might even be talking about, a little bit about this before prayer service, and then we'll, we'll pray. It says, yet on the day, verse 3, why have we fasted to say, why have we not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, now this is, this is God speaking, so it's kind of a conversation. The people speak, the prophet speaks, but the prophet is speaking for God. Y'all with me? So he says, why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? So that's the people speaking. God answers to the prophet. Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. Like that's a bad way to end a fast, right? You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Because let me tell you what they were doing at the fast. And this is the first thing you have to learn about fasting because fasting is not even about food. So forget about food right now. This is not about food. This is something deeper and I'm gonna show you some of these things. So one of the things that you're seeing here is the people back then, what they would do, they would go into a fast and they would proclaim it. We're fasting. And then it was about beat down. It was about sackcloth and ashes. You know, they tear their clothes and they're, oh, that guy's fasting. It was about beating themselves down. And, and here's the problem with a lot of things. Fasting is never designed to impress God. Now, who are you going to impress? The guy that fasted for 40 days and then got on the cross for you? Are you seriously? Well, I missed a meal today. I'm really spiritual. Oh, come on. That's what they were doing. Fasting to show to God how spiritual they were but their attitude had not changed because they were still treating their workers wrong. They were still stealing the wages of the laborers. Amen? In other words, hypocrites, right? That's what they call all of us, by the way, so don't be offended. Oh, y'all got a bunch of hypocrites. That's why I don't go to church, because it's full of hypocrites. Well, you do go to Walmart, they got way more hypocrites there. Tons of hypocrites. I mean, that guy that's shaking your hand, he does not love you, all right? So the people are fasting, but the fasting was more about show the people how spiritual I am and show God I'm just beating myself down. I grew up in central Mexico, a little town called Cholula. Yeah, I like the hot sauce. Oldest town in America, by the way, organized town. And I would see processions, very, very, very Roman Catholic town. We have over 80 Roman Catholic churches everywhere in that little town. 
And I'm not going to get into the history of Cholula. There's a reason. And you would see these processions. And one of the things that you would see when I was a kid, and it would almost traumatize me because I didn't understand it, you would see during the Easter season, you would see this big procession, and they would carry the statues up to the top of the church. It's on top of the pyramids. And then, you know, in Mexico City, there's a guy they'd actually crucify on purpose. They wouldn't kill him, but that was like his gig. He was like, they called him El Cristo de Iztapalapa. He actually got born again later. And he was like a rock star, man. They'd, he, had, he had like the official holes in his hand, and they would like put every year, they'd have to cut it and drive. I mean, they would like literally crucify this guy. And after this whole thing, he would get down and get drunk, and he was a rock star, you know? So not much like Jesus, because Jesus went to heaven, this guy went to a bar. But I saw something called Los Encapuchados, and I could never figure that out. And this was a group of guys that would walk around with a hood on their head, no shirt and you know, pants, and they would carry a little tiny whip with little metal things, kind of like a cat and nine tails, and they would, go do, they would do this. And that's all they do. They'd walk around and beat their backs, and after a while of this, their whole backs would be bloody pulp. And as a kid, this kind of messes your head, right? You're like, wow, this is God worship? I don't know about this whole God thing, man, you know? It's, it was, you know, it was pretty intense. What, and that's really what the, the, the problem was, if I, can I show God how much I can beat my flesh down, maybe God will give me some grace. And that's what these people were doing. And that's what I saw as a child growing up. So fasting is not about trying to impress anybody. So if you're taking notes, or at least mental notes, get that out of your system right now. You're not going to impress God and you're not going to impress me, and you're not going to impress your neighbor. So it's not about that. It has to be about something else. Let's keep going, and you're going to find it here. So in verse 5, he says, Is this the kind of fast I have chosen, only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast? I already explained all that, so I won't stop. A day acceptable to the Lord? In other words, you think, God, you think this is really working? That's, that's really what he's saying. It's not this kind of fasting I have chosen. Now here he comes to say, this is what fasting's about. So this is where I want you to focus, all right? Look at your neighbor and say, pay attention. Come on, because this is what it's about now. It's about to get real, because this is what God tells you it's about. He says, is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Well, I read, read that, I'm sorry. Verse 6, this is not the kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice. So that's your first cue right there. What is fasting about? Well, he already told you. Loose the chains of, 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 of injustice. Really, my time's up that quick. I'm just barely saying hello. That was my, or maybe I said it wrong. It's only 11. Come on, Pastor Box, you get this done. I've got to beat this bed, you know. No, just kidding. And then he says, and unite the cords of the yoke. Listen to the last line there. Set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Now he's giving you some insight on what fasting's about. It's about justice. It's about freedom. It's about getting delivered. It's about focus. It's, about, it's not about what these people had made it. Verse 7, is it, is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the, the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? So he's saying, you know, what is fasting about? Because, you know, you can act all spiritual here, but then you see a need out there and you ignore it. Hello, you out there? 
Because that's really sometimes the church, right? We're all real spiritual, love you, Jesus, love you, Jesus. And then God will show you a need in the real world, and you'll, you'll turn the, your head because you don't really want to deal with it. So where does the spirituality end? Does it end at the door? Or does it end when you get in your car? Or did it ever start? You just met your commitment to be in church. Ding, got your little star on your forehead. Ay, que calladitos están. All right. If you're fasting and praying, and at the end of this, there's no evidence that you were with God, you just went hungry. That's all you did. You just went hungry. There was no influence of this. And even Jesus brings this up in his teachings, and he makes examples of the Pharisees fasting and making this big deal of how they fasted, and said that, you know, he got his reward. And his reward was that people saw him. But the person that went to God and recognized he was broken and he was a sinner and he just needed God's help, that person got the heavenly reward. But the one that went in there with all the, oh, I'm, I'm the priest and I'm fasting and I give alms, God said, you, you didn't get any, your reward is that people noticed you. That's the only reward. People said, oh, look at the priest, he's so holy. That's all he got. On the other hand, the people that went in got the blessing. So now you begin to understand that the principle of fasting is not, and, and this is not about food. I keep bringing this up, but you're going to see why in a moment. Now, food is part of it, but it's not just about food. So then he goes on to say, in verse 7, well, let's just call the way to verse 8, because now we're going to see what happens when your fast is done right. This is, what, this is the expectation. This is what we can expect to, to come from us putting these disciplines. And, and today I will give you some practical things that you can understand how this works. It's not just all going to be Bible. But I want you to see, because then he says, if you do it right, then your light will break forth like the dawn. Look at this. Your healing will quickly appear. I keep going back to the, this thing with COVID. It just doesn't leave me alone that it was a failure of the church. To, to, to what happened in 2020 was, is on the church. Because we, like Terry said, we just hunkered down and forgot about this. Because I'm talking about not this year, I'm talking the global body of Christ in the whole world, if they would have seen it for what it was, and if, they would, if the global body of Christ would have started a fast mid-March, this thing would have died in its tracks. But we didn't do that, we just got, oh, we're all scared, we just got to go home, and, you know, hunker down. Amen. That's, uh, that's exactly what happened. Now, now, that's not a thing to condemn people, it's just that that's, that's where we're at. So you know what, 2021, we're not going to give the devil any foothold. That's what I'm trying to get you ready for 2021 and 2022. And whatever comes down the pipe, it shouldn't affect you because we're on a whole different system now. We're talking about the kingdom of God. Remember, church? So, and, and that's the thing that my wife and I lived. So when you, when you say, well, you know, I, I give that testimony how 2020 really was a good year for us. Well, guess what? 2019 was a good year for us. 2018 was a good year for us. 2016 was a year. 2017. Every year we've increased in some form or fashion. Yes, we've had storms in our life. Yes, we've had challenges in our life. But, you know, our life tracks since 1992 to, you know, to 2021, it's like this. So I'm, I say it's kind of like the stock market. It goes like, like this. There's a few little dips. But, on, but, but if you were just to track one line, if you were just to write one little line with all the little dips, it's always on the up and up. We've never decreased. Yes, we've had challenges, but we face the challenges with the same principles that I'm teaching you today. We've had family challenges, we've had financial challenges, we've had health challenges, we've had everything you deal with in the real world just because I'm a pastor, I don't get a pass. 
I have the same responsibility you have to seek God. First things first, remember? So he says, you're light, you know, healing will be here. I'll just read off this thing. And then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of God will be your rear guard. I mean, you got God in the front of you, you got God in the back behind you, taking care of the rear guard so nothing sneaks up on you. Right? Then you will call. These are just promise after promise after promise. This is not Pastor Buck's promising you nothing. This is God promising you something. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. And I do I need to preach an hour and a half on that line? No, I don't. That's very simply. If you are seeking God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, then your prayers get answered. It's amazing the, the miracles that we hear from this church. Some of you just need to come to our prayer meetings. Wednesday night, say, oh, Wednesday night, I got something to do. You need to come to prayer meetings. They're exciting. There's people saying, you know, so-and-so, people I don't even know. Well, they're about to die, and they're, gonna, you know, they're, they're going through this, and they want prayer. Okay, we pray. Next week, we say, so how are they doing? Oh, they're out of the hospital. That, that's all the time in our prayer meetings. Right, Kathy? I mean, that's all the time. That's not something rare for us, is to people bring prayer requests of people we don't know, and then one week or two weeks or three weeks later, we hear, oh, you know about that person? They're doing great. Because, you see, you discover something. See, the kingdom of God is not about learning the ten steps on how to live with it. It becomes like breathing as you develop it. You don't have to really overthink it. You're like, I don't live in that world. I live in this world. So I, ex I have an expectation. I don't say expect sounds harsh. But I have a high expectations that our prayers are answered because they've been answered for 30 years. So to me, I expect what I pray to happen. But you know how many Christians pray and never expect anything to happen? They got better shot going to Bruni at the casinos than with their prayers. Get off of that pastor box, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, Jesus, here we go. Oh, Jesus, I want to pray, I want to pray, I want to pray. I'm going to fix it. Oh, man, he almost fixed it. Maybe next week he'll fix it. No, you, nobody does that. Well, Pastor, I'm just a hoping and a praying. You're, you're, you're so much in fear with that. Oh, my gosh. That is such a cliche. Hoping and a praying. It should be said, I'm full of fear and don't believe nothing. That's what you're really what you're saying. Welcome to 2021, right? All right, let's keep going. You will call and the Lord will answer. I like this one. And you will cry for help. And he will say here I am. Well, it says, here am I. If you read King James, it's here I am. And it doesn't, it doesn't just say, like, I'm here. It's, he's referring to the great I am. The same I am that spoke to Moses from a burning bush. El Shaddai spoken. Yes, we're going to get into trouble. But we get to cry for help. And guess what? Our cries are not on empty ears. Our cries are heard in heaven. How many have experienced that in your life? You know, we have all these testimonies. We had this little thing with, with the COVID issue, you know, and even, and no, you got to wait some days before you test because you can't just go test the same day. And, you know, as much faith as we have, if I, if I just let the devil in, he'd come and say, what if it comes out positive? You've been going on and on and saying you don't get it. Well, devil, I beat you again. So the devil comes at everybody's head and messes everybody's head. But you see, when you cry for help, he will say, here I am. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, 
Now it's going to get real for you because I'm, I'm kind of introducing the expectations of God of, of what fasting is about. You know, again, you're not going to get a lot of spirituality by fasting and still treating your whole family like garbage. Hallelujah. Or if you're in a place of responsibility where you have employees under you and you're over here, oh, I'm spiritual, then treat your employees like, like trash and no respect to them. Come on, somebody. That's what he's saying right there. He says, you know, you do away with the yoke of oppression. Then he goes on to say, and the pointing of fingers and malicious talk. So when you enter into this, this time of your life, you know, it's, it's, nowadays it's pretty hard not to point fingers, right? Because everything's broken out there. We need more fingers to point at all the stuff that's broken. That's broken, that's broken. But pretty soon you're like, you're the problem. You are this, you are that, you are, you know. And he says, no, no, it doesn't work that way. You got to cut that out. And you can't have malicious talk. It's not just talking cussing words. It's talking things that are contrary to what God's talking. You know, if God says you're healed and you're walking around saying, well, I hope I don't get COVID. I hope I don't get sick. That's malicious talk. Because it's, it's counter to what God says. Because last time I checked, God says that Jesus bore all your sins on the cross. And by his stripes you were healed. That's what God said. So malicious talk would be anything that's contrary to what God is saying. And how many Christians that we know are walking around or walked around in 2020 with a lot of malicious talk? Aren't you scared about the elections and the government? I don't really care anymore. You know, I know what's going to happen if the wrong guy sits on the throne. And it, but you know what? At the end of the day, maybe that's what this nation needs, to bow their knees to God. Because if, when socialism comes in, guys, you guys get, it's done. There is no middle class. That's why all the churches are full in Cuba, and that's why all the churches are full in Ukraine, that's why all the churches are full in Mexico, because they don't have the God government that we have. So maybe that's what God is trying to do. I don't know. So I really don't care. I have my opinions, but at the end of the day, it's the kingdom of God we're searching. We're not searching the kingdom of USA. I love this nation, and I'm a patriot. Trust me, I'm a patriot. I am, man. They call us up. I'm there. Second part of the Second Amendment, that's all I'm going to say. I already got the first part well covered. I was joking with Caden the other day. It's, it's sad when you go to Academy and you got more guns than Academy does. Shut up, Pastor Bob. They might be looking for you. You agree with that statement, RJ? <laughs> it is sad, right? You can't even find ammo. No, 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 that's not our kingdom anymore. It's the kingdom of God. And if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, why do you, what do you think we're doing in Cuba? Why Cuba? Well, one of the things God told us to go there. But that's what we're doing right there. That's exactly what we're doing in Cuba. You want the Cuban mission statement right there. We're spending ourselves on behalf of the hungry and the oppressed. Because right now, in all the missions, things that we're doing, the most hungry and oppressed people we're dealing with is the Cuban people. So, you know, that, that's your mission statement. And here it comes. Oh, I like the end of this. And if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry, satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light, everybody say then. You know what that word means? That there was an action previous? 
right? Then, previous action. So you got to go look at what the previous comment was. So if he says then, you know, everyone wants their light to rise in darkness. Yeah, that's a goal for me. That's a goal for this church. That's a goal for Faithway. That's a goal for Christianity. But it says that we have to be thinking about the hungry. You know what James said about the true religion? Y'all want to know what the definition of true? Well, even if you don't, I'm going to tell you what it is. It says, those that help the orphan and the widows, and they stay clean in this world. Three things that God defines religion. Help the orphans, help the widows, and stay clean. And I think we failed miserably in all of them. I'm talking global church. I'm not talking faithway. Remember, when I say church, I mean every Christian on this planet. You can't turn your head to the widows. You can't turn your head to the orphans. You know, I know that one of the reasons Terry Myers does what he does and he's such a success and his blessing is because a big part of their ministry is to help orphans. And widows, you heard it if you were here. If you didn't hear it, go back and get the podcast. You, by the way, you do need to hear that Terry Myers. It was, whoo, it was a classic Terry Myers. But it was a word, too. And that little word is ringing in my spiritual ears. What have we done for the glory of God? That's, that's not leaving me alone, though. That's a word from the Lord. Remember we said we were going to look for a word from God during all these preachers that were coming? And I got one from David, and I got one from Dennis, and I got one even from Yoel, and I got one from Terry. And the one I got from Terry is this, what are we doing for the glory of God? What is the glory of God? The glory of God is to manifest the kingdom in that broken world. That's what the glory is. The glory is not so you get goosebumps. The glory is so you take the glory of God and you bless and help and build and restore people. Amen? And he goes on to say, you satisfy the needs of the press, and your light will rise in darkness, and your night, in other words, confusion, darkness, where you don't know what's going on. No, no, that's over. Your days, 24 hours of days, will be like noonday. In other words, you're never going to find yourself in a place of darkness and confusion. That's, what, that's exactly what that means. Give me the next one. And then it, it finishes off with this. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. Well, we know that, right? That's South Texas right there. And will strengthen your frame, that's your body, your bones, your system. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Here it comes, guys. I've already mentioned it like three times. Your people, everybody say, that's me. Say it like you mean it. Say it like you're asking for seconds. That's me. Come on, when somebody says you want seconds, you go like, okay. That's me. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins, that's us, and will raise up age-old foundations, and you will be called. You know who's calling you this? God, but also people. Because the other word we have for 2021 is Psalm 126. We'll get to that in a few weeks. You will be called repairers of broken walls. That's the mission of the church. We're not here just to, you know, get fat and happy in a church building. We're supposed to go out there and fix some broken stuff. Come on, somebody. You guys, you guys eat too much or what? Come on. You're supposed to fix some broken stuff. Well, what's broken? We'll start with your life. What is broken in your life? There's things broken in my life. You know, we don't have, no, none of us have this thing down. You know, when we, go, when we deal with our own issues, we think we're the only person on the planet that has that issue. Guess what? Millions of people have billions of issues. So he talks about building the broken walls. 
It starts with our lives, it starts with our family, it starts with our marriage, it starts with our house, but it has to transfer into community. It can't just stay, even within a church. This church is awesome. I love this church. I really do. You guys are really, really amazing on so many levels. I, you know, sometimes I sound mean here, but I'm like the dad that doesn't tell you how proud I am. Because everywhere I go, I tell everybody, our church is amazing. Because what they do is amazing. With the amount of money that we do, I don't, still don't know how we do it. Because everything we do is on a hairstring budget, but it all gets done somehow. Amen. So you will be called repairs of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. Guess where that is? That's your community. So now and I've given you all this. I won't spend too much time because this will be the, 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 you know, the, the foundation of what we're talking about. So I want to just give you a few points. First of all, I think there's a slide up there, General. It says, what is fasting? Let's go ahead and define it. I already gave you like a great foundation. Go back and read Isaiah 58. Read the whole Isaiah 58. Read all of Matthew chapter 6. But fasting is, is to voluntarily abstain from eating or drinking for an extended period of time. Eating and drinking can represent anything that's holding you back. So when we talk about fasting, it's not just necessarily food. Now, first of all, the first disclaimer I want to put out here, because it's important, if you have medical conditions, if you're taking medicine and the doctor says to take it with food, you, gotta, you, know, you, you, you take care of that. You can't go all spiritual and say, okay, I'm going to fast everything and fast my medicines and everything. You know, that's, that's just called stupid. Because if you're healed, then you don't need medicine. All right, let's not go there. I'm just saying, don't get weird with this. Because he says, eating and drinking can represent anything that's holding you back. You know, there are things in people's life that, that, that is holding them back. You know, for, I'll, I'll give examples, and this is, these are just examples. If you spend too much time on social media, this could, might be a good time to just fast social media. It would do you good. You know, I contemplate, sometimes I get so bored with Facebook, I contemplate shutting my account down because it is kind of boring. But the only reason I keep it going is because of, of the church. And to vent sometimes. That's it. <laughs> we need that, right, Liz? We just need to vent sometimes. You should see the posts that I've deleted. Woo, I've deleted so many posts. I'm like, what? Looks like First Chronicles. You, know? you could be fasting things in your life that you... Well, let me put it this way. Has God dealt with you about something? Maybe you're... You know, we still have some kids in the building, so I'll keep it PG. But maybe there's places in the Internet you shouldn't be going. Mm -hmm. Can we talk about that in church? Well, how do I get rid of it, Pastor? You fast it. You go before God and you say, you are bigger than that. And I'm done with it. You have more value than that. And God will honor you. And God will deliver you. And by the time you come out of that fast, you're done with that addiction. Because everybody knows what I'm talking about, so we're not going to expound on it. And it's the same statistics show that people out in the, in the world are as addicted to that garbage as people in the church. Mm-hmm. It's real. So maybe you need to fast that. Maybe you have other forms of addiction. Maybe it's an alcohol addiction, or maybe it's any kind of addiction. You need to fast it. This would be a good time to do it. Nobody's telling you to stop anything. So I'm, I'm telling you to take three weeks. We're talking about a 21 days, three weeks. And here's how it works. If you start tomorrow, you'll be done by the 24th of January. If you, and and I, I would say this way, I would even give it a week. If you want to take a week to kind of prepare, because you do have to prepare for these things. 
and you start next Monday, then you will be done right at the end of the month. That's three weeks. That's not a lot. Three weeks fly by. Have you noticed how fast the week? I was saying my wife said, Christmas seemed like it went too fast. I'm already counting down for the next one. I'm like, we only got 360 days to go. Yes. I like Christmas. It was like so fast. Anybody feel like it's like, boom, Christmas, New Year's, we're done. Tear everything down. <laughs> Three weeks to give God some time. Three weeks to seek his presence in a way you've, maybe you've never done it. I'm not talking about, I'm not even touching food yet. Now we can get to the food part. And I, I want to close with that because I don't want to leave this thing hanging if somebody decides to start it, I would recommend you understand it. I would recommend if you don't have a clear understanding, at least you begin to prepare for it this week. Maybe you need to fast coffee. Oh, that's of the devil. We're not. We'll rebuke that spirit. There's a whole book about coffee in the Bible. It's called Hebrews. But anyway, that's a super lame joke. Don't laugh. Um, what do you consume in terms of social food, intellectual food, spiritual food, emotional food, are these things distracting you from a relationship with God? You know what? Some of you might need to fast some relationships. Is there toxic relationships in your life? Is there somebody that's not building you? Is somebody not just, you know, here's the thing about most relationships that are out of whack. It's always somebody investing and the other one consuming. <laughs> right? I've kind of done a soul search even in my life. I got lots and lots. And I know so many people. But I've kind of filtered out all the people, not in a bad way, I'm just putting them in a different category, that I'm the only one that invests in their life. Because every relationship has to have mutual investment. Do you agree with that? So maybe there's people in your life that you just need three weeks off of them. No, it's not your husband, your wife, they don't qualify. So don't even think about it. Pastor said three weeks. Bye. I'm going to the beach. See you later. No, no, no. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So fasting really becomes about looking at your life and saying, that's in the way of God. That's in the way of God. It could be a TV show. It could be too much TV. It could be sports. It doesn't have to be necessary. And it's not something that you're going to get rid of forever. It just means maybe it's consuming way too much of your time. And God is saying, we need to focus on, because this is what I'm talking about. You could ignore everything I preached this morning, and you'll be, still be fine. Or you can say, you know what, Pastor, that, 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 where I'm going I'm to do this thing with you. We're gonna, well, I want to do it as a church, all right? So it's a lot of things that you could be looking at. Now, let's deal with the subject of food. Give me, I think it's the next one. Um, so just... Uh, just, just get the last line because of time. You must ask yourself, sorry for the typo, what am I allowing to come between me and God's presence? That's really what we're talking about. So what, where does food come in? Where does food come in? Well, food comes into the, to the, to the place, first of all, the kind of food. Because what I'm suggesting to the church, and I'm going to be doing, you know, and I'm going to try and everything, is called the Daniel Fast. And the Daniel Fast is not going without food. It's going without certain kinds of food. And it's, it's, you know, we'll explain all these things. And by the way, I'm going to post some things on Facebook to help you, some guides and stuff. And you can download them. If you don't have Facebook, just let somebody know back there. Give them a cell phone number or, or an email or something where we can get you information. And we will. 
But you just simply ask yourself, you can ask yourself right now as you're, as you're listening to me, it says, what am I allowing to come between me and God's presence? You know? So it doesn't have to be necessarily bad. You know, you can say, you know, maybe I spend too much time, you know, watching the stock market, for example. Well, then you need to cut that down. And so, so it doesn't mean you're never going to look at the stock market. It just means you're spending too much time there. Does that make sense? And, and God needs, God's trying to get your attention. Now, let's, let's go forward. I want to get to the food one, RJ. Let's see. So these are, just leave it there for a minute. These are um, examples of biblical fasting. If you wonder if it's a biblical thing, I'm not going to go into every one. But you did find it was for special revelation in times of war, courage and wisdom in times of grief, um, spiritual rec- recuperation, which I think is one of the ones that we really need to apply with after 2020, mourning, repentance, ministry preparation, spiritual power, ministry commissioning, set aside self for holiness, spiritual discipline. All these references are fasts that were called in the Bible. So, you know, take a screenshot or whatever you need, and if you have time this week, kind of pick one and then see what the Bible said about it, right? All right, let's go, let's move forward. So, Chronicles 714, um, I'm sorry, Arjun, just keep moving. I, I just need to get to one slide. You know what, it's not, it might not even be up there. I just realized, because I was tweaking it so much. So I wanted to um, keep going. Okay, back up. I think we can work on the last one. This is the last one I'm going to give you this morning. So the Daniel fast, and, and again, I'll, I'll give you some of the ideas. The Daniel fast is pretty simple. What happened is, in the book of Daniel, there's two scriptures that give us an idea of what the Daniel fast was. And Daniel fasted for 21 days, and he didn't stop eating food. He just, he just broke it down to, to things that you liked. So, for example, the Daniel fast, the summary of the Daniel fast is all vegetables, all fruits, water, no meats, no sugar, no breads. You know what will happen to your body if you actually do that? Forget the spiritual part. You're going to be feeling so good in three weeks because you're detoxing your body. So if we were to eliminate all the spirituality out of this, you'll find that even this, and you say, well... What about, you know, if I'm doing a keto diet or these kind of things? Well, you just replace the protein with vegetable protein. Just take away the animal protein. And, re- and, and I'm not saying forever. Just, I'm talking three weeks. That's it. Everybody say three weeks. So this is not talking about, you know, all year. Hopefully what comes out of that is you'll learn some disciplines about what's good for you and what's not good for you. Because the reason most of us have a, a, <laughs> a weight problem is not, is, it's not that we eat too much food is that we eat all the kinds of wrong food. And you'll find out, if you don't know what a sugar addiction is, take away sugar for three weeks. It's one of the most addictive substances out there. And, you know, in South Texas, our Hispanic culture, we're, we're, we're meat eaters, right? Carne asada. Y un calor de la fregada. And you don't say the last one. Y'all know what I'm saying, right? I'll just make it a Christian. Y el agua bien helada. Like that, Freddie? <laughs> we used to say that, right? We used to say that all the time. No, no, it's not about that. So the Daniel fast really covers these areas. But here's the whole point even about the food. It's really about seeking God. So the idea of eliminating food was more about eliminating the time it takes you to buy it, to prepare it, to serve it, to feed yourself with it, if you took all that time, whatever that is, one hour, two hours, and you just say, I'm not eating this, and all the time that it takes me to do this meal thing, 
I'm just going to seek God. So now at work, you have a lunch hour. Guess what? You got your little, you know, smoothie, and everybody's going to eat somewhere, and you just kind of separate yourself. You got one hour for lunch at work, because this works. You can, you can work and fast. You have your smoothie. You have your phone. You don't even have to You got your Bible. And for that whole hour, you're just reading scriptures, talking to God, praying, listening to some praise and worship. You know, the whole environment is spiritual. Well, we've got to go back to work. You get back to work. You're still spiritual. So you begin to understand what we're talking about. You say, no, this is about 21 days of seeking God every day, on purpose, every chance you have. And the reason we're taking away, and I'm telling you, there was, there was a time when, when we first started the ministry, we're still in Miranda City, and I was working full-time. I was working at Nuevo Laredo at, at a foundry, and the Lord really dealt with me, so I was taking one day, even at work, one day to fast every week, every week, every week, because we needed so much breakthrough. Then fast forward, now we have a church building, now we're in Heavenville, we have this amazing facility, debt-free, glory to God. And then God, some of you might remember that if you were here in this church, this is years ago, years and years ago. The Lord spoke to me about, said, I want you to have 40 days of prayer. And the last day, I want you to have 24 hours of prayer. And that was right at the beginning. And I didn't really know what was going on, but right when we did that, it wasn't soon thereafter, the international ministry exploded. We weren't really doing a whole, I mean, we're going to Mexico, but, you know, not much more. And that's when everything, and now I look back, and even the church, and a lot of the things the church accomplished. He says, well, why don't you do it every year? Because God didn't tell me to do it every year. If you're not careful, then you make a religion out of it, and that's not the thing. It's what did God tell you to do? There's people in this building who say, well, you know, I'm good with God, and maybe I don't need it. Well, that's, you know, that's between you and, you and God. I'm just saying, join us if you want to. Join us if you can. Can, I mean, if you have medical conditions, and there's certain things you got to do, you, you, you know, maybe you, if vegetables and fruit and protein shakes can take care of that, then do it. But if, if you know, don't go contrary to anything the doctor tells you. Because that's not, you know, you're not, not going to prove anything to God by saying, well, I'm just going to be, no, that's, that's not how this works. So I just want to leave it there as an introduction this morning. There's, there's lots and lots and lots of material. But um, Wednesday night, I'll take a little time to, we, we have prayer meeting at 6. I'll take about 15, 20 minutes. I'll continue to expand on this, and then we'll pray. But I invite you to join us on this journey because when we talk about seeking first the kingdom of God, it really is about setting your heart and soul. This is not about being more religious or being more spiritual. Yeah, it is more spiritual, but it's not like, you know, it's not something that you do. And there's, there's things that I didn't talk about because of time, but, you know, you, and we'll talk about this thing. So you've got to prepare your body. You've got to prepare your schedule. So, you know, I'm encouraging. If you, if you get this, I'll post all this stuff up there online. You know, you can start tomorrow, but if you want to say, you know, I need a week to look into it, then you can start the following Monday. Or, if, you know, if you don't want to do it at all, that's fine. You know, this is, this is not a have-to on anybody. Because first and foremost, it's you, personal decision. Now, secondly, it would be a corporate. Because we are going to believe God for this church to accomplish whatever God called it to do. You know, I'm like ready to run this year. You know, we were locked down 2020, and that's not happening this year. We are going to Cuba. We are going to Ukraine. We are going back to Mexico. We are going back to the Navajo Reservation. Anything God calls us to do, we're going to do it. So I'm going to get out the front end of this year. I want to make sure I'm in rhythm with what God wants. Because, you know, as a Christian, you can do a lot of Christian things that God never told you to do. And that's a waste of money and a waste of time. Amen? Would you get something out of it this morning?
Go ahead and stand with me. Let me pray over the word, and then we're going to take communion. So ushers, if you may minister to the people. And then, as, as I told you, I'm telling you, you know, this is this Sunday. I'm, I'm going to try to adjust things. I need to, um, in, a little, in a few minutes, head towards Laredo to, with our new schedule change. But, um, and I, I don't, I need to be here after church because a lot of you, I need to talk to you and pray for you. But this Sunday, just, you know, I, I just need to do the way we've designed it. This is kind of a test run. If 1 o'clock doesn't work, then we're going to move it to 1.30 or 2 o'clock or something. But let's go ahead and pray. Father, we just thank you, sir, this morning. I thank you for our online church that is watching right now, wherever they're watching. And I thank you for Faithway. And I thank you for Faithway Heavenville. And Lord, as we enter in this time, this month, just to dedicate first things first, that Lord, we understand what we're trying to do. We understand that we all need more of you. We all need more of your presence. And Father, like we've been saying for a few weeks now, our success is in the presence of God. If you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus. If you're watching me online and you haven't had an encounter with him, pray this prayer with me and mean it. Now you don't have to. And don't let the devil lie to you and say, well, you're not ready. Nobody's ever ready. God didn't come for the healthy. He came for the sick. God didn't come for the holy. He came for the sinners. Now, he'll make you holy, and he'll make you healthy, but he came for the sick. He came for the broken. He came for those that have lost hope. And if that, any of those things, if you're, if you're in your life where you're like, Pastor, I, I don't know what else to do, you know, here I am. I'll tell you what you need to do. Give your life to Jesus right now. See, something Terry said, give him this year. Give him 2021. If come, you know, come 2022, first service, if your life is not completely revolutionized in a positive way, you can come and point your finger at me and say, you lied, you're a false prophet. I'll accept it. But you got to do your part. You got to give God 100%. Don't say you're going to give him a year and not do your part. What does that even look like? Well, first of all, it gives, starts with giving your life to Jesus. And the second part starts to, as much as you can, seek him. That means come to church if you can. Wednesday nights, if you're not doing something, clear up your schedule, show up to prayer. It's not about, this is not too much anything. We want his presence. And his presence is in this building right now. So Heavenly Father, we thank you right now. For those that will make this decision, I pray for their hearts to be softened now in Jesus' name. Now if that's you, say this first. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you. Let's everybody say it. I come to you with no excuses. And I do give you my life. I need some help. Forgive me for all my sins, even the ones I can't remember. I ask you to come into my life, and I declare that you are the Lord of my life. I will serve you, and I will follow you to the best of my ability. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you prayed that prayer, you may be seated. You are more then welcome to have communion with us. That's all it takes. There's been so many things built around this that aren't Bible. And for those of you that don't know how this works, the little top cover releases the little wafer, and then the second cover gives you the grape juice. So we're doing this because of the social distancing stuff. But I'll wait till everybody's ready. Remember, this is about covenant. This is about a contract that Jesus made with you. 
God made a covenant with you. And communion goes all the way back to the Old Testament and the principle of God delivered them from the angel of death. The Passover. He passed over those houses that were marked with the blood of the Lamb. That is exactly what communion is about. And in this season of so much uncertainty, I recommend two things that you do with communion this morning. Number one, you go ahead and settle it. That whatever comes down the pipe, whatever COVID version, whatever flu, whatever is coming down the pipe, it will not touch my house. I take communion over it. I'm literally putting the blood of Jesus, not literally, but symbolically putting the, the blood of Jesus over my home where it doesn't touch me. People can walk in and carry whatever bug they can. It doesn't affect my house because of covenant. You understand that, right? And the more you grow in that, the, 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 you know, that doesn't mean you're, you know, you're smart about what you got to do, but, but you understand it. That's the revelation that my wife and I have. It's a simple revelation, you know. God knows how many times, I got to thinking, Angie, how many times we've probably been exposed to this thing. God knows. I mean, the way we live in this church and Laredo, Laredo, nobody cares. Everybody hugs you and I'm like, whatever. So you go to Walmart, you go to HEB, you go to the bank, you do all these things. Probably so many times that that bug has been in our face, plus all the other ones. It's amazing how all the flus disappeared, right? There's only one flu left. No, just kidding. No, it doesn't affect you. Because we, we, we carry a truth that God bore all our sickness and disease. He bore on that cross. Jesus had all the COVIDs that ever will be and will ever come down the pipe. His body had it. He had every flu. He had every cancer, every tumor. So when the Roman soldier looked at him, he said, oh my God, God must have done something to this man. Can you imagine a body with every form of cancer on it? One body with every form of cancer, with every form of infection. It was a grotesque, disgusting sight where the Roman, he didn't say that this must be the son of God because he, he looked holy. From the Roman perspective, he's saying this must have been the son of God and did something wrong. And God bruised him. That's what the Roman soldier was seeing. He wasn't recognizing nothing. He's just saying there's no way that person, that doesn't happen to somebody just by himself. In other words, the beat down and all the sin and all the sickness, and all the disease, and all the poverty, and everything that's listed under the curse was placed on that body. So you could come and say, the transfer, I don't have to carry that anymore. Because I deserve to have all that, but he took my place. Are you with me? That, that's just something that's a truth. I can preach to that all day, but it, it has to be a truth. And that's where this comes in. So I just take communion. This doesn't make you any, this doesn't make you spiritual. Are you kidding me? Commercially produced <laughs> wafers and juice? No, it's a symbolism. This is your body. It was broken for me. This is your blood that was shed for me. It represents this covenant, God. And I'm taking it today. I'm, I'm already doing this. And 2021, Lord, Sickness and disease will not touch my house. No form of cancer will touch my house. No infection will touch any of the bodies of anybody in my household. Because the funny thing that I told you about last week, it was three of us. It was Monica, myself, and Caden. And we were all in that environment. 
We all got tested. We all came back negative. So as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, I, I take this very, very serious. You know, so pastor, come on, you're just over-dramatizing. No, no, I take it. You don't know how serious I take this. Because this is one of the big things in our life. Let's go ahead and do this. Father, we thank you for communion this morning. And Lord, we go to your word. And we go to the words that Paul wrote that he heard from you. And we bring it that 2021, come on, this is my prayer, will be drama-free, disease-free, disaster-free, confusion-free. We're going to have a great year, guys. The Lord has blessed your house. And we seal it, first communion of the year. We are in agreement. And if you made a decision to fast and pray during the next three weeks, then you say, Lord, you help me understand this. You give me the disciplines in my life. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. When he had given thanks, he broke the bread, and he said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this is in remembrance of me. After the same manner, also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, this, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, or the New Covenant, that's the word testament means. This do you often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And Father, we thank you that we seal it in the blood of Jesus. And we thank you for the success in all of our lives that 2021 will be. And Father, right now we pray. You know, there's a few church members and stuff that are in the hospital and they're I just want to pray right now, one of them, I lift up Tina, Father, in the name of Jesus. And I lift up others that have been diagnosed with COVID, Father, that are part of our church, that are staying home, that I know they're watching online. I declare right now in Jesus' name, they are completely free of this disease. It will have no repercussions. And even if you're here in the building and you had it, there's no repercussions of it. I don't care what they say down the pipe, you are absolutely 100% healed. It will not affect you in your future. It will not affect your lungs. It will not affect anything. We walk in the covenant of Jesus. And we thank you that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. My wife is blessed. My kids are blessed. My grandkids are blessed. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the truth of covenant. And this congregation, I bless you. I bless your marriage. I bless your kids. I bless your grandbabies. In the name of Jesus. And his presence is here this morning. You take hold of this. Because this is kingdom of living. This is kingdom of God living. We choose the kingdom of God way. And if the discipline is to fast, we will do it, sir. We understand it. We are givers. We know how to pray. And now we know how to fast. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Ushers, you may minister back to the people. I was going to say, give the Lord a hand clap, but you got something in your hand, so. All the ushers took off. Oh, oh you, don't, you don't, don't have to pick nothing up? You just, you just leave it on your chair then. Now give the Lord a hand clap if that's the case. I guess. I don't know. I'm not sure what you did with a cup, but you know, glory be to God. Well, thank you so much for, for being here this morning. You know, we have high expectations, and this won't be like every service. We'll have a little different rhythm, but I do need to run. And all those of you that were talking trash owe me 20 bucks. <laughs> I'm just messing with y'all. No, I love y'all. If I would have lost, I was three to one. I was supposed to pay him $60. No. 
Anyway, HH, I'll leave you in good hands. My wife and I and my grandson have to run and do another church service, so I leave you in very good hands. Be nice to them, H, all right? And we'll see you guys. Let me leave this mic. This is weird. Well, um, the um, I think we should uh, take this time. This you know, uh, not really our sort of our, our first service of the new year, but our first Sunday of the new year, and um, you know, prayerfully consider what what pastors talking about this week. Um, something um, I'll be honest I haven't done it in a while um, and there is just something about uh, there is something about uh, a pressing in that is good to do every once in a while um, it's you know more than the average um, and it's a you know a good way to start the year so I like I said I'd, I would uh, I would recommend it um, that said um, the uh, the last thing left to do as we as we wrap up is to prepare our offerings before God. And uh, again, I'm not going to, to, to give a, a long teaching uh, about it, but just to remember that this is part of part of um, our covenant with God. That when we are uh, when we are part of what He's doing in the earth, He's able to bless us. Uh, one thing that I've you know always made mention of is that you know. If you, if you um, are constantly holding on to something, you know, your hand is closed so nobody can give you anything. And, and it really is this idea that was at the very beginning that we are blessed to be a blessing. And so when the system works properly, you know, when God is able to, to trust you, then uh, everything just flows a little more freely. So again, not a, a long conversation about that, but just a reminder that that, that is, um, it's funny because it's the only place in the Bible that, that God says, I guess because he knew how we are, he's like, test me, you know, prove me and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven to uh, pour out a blessing that you wouldn't have room to contain it. And so that said, all I can say is, you know, there's a lot of us who live this way and it, it just works, you know. Um, so... Uh, if you were here for uh, Terry's message, I'll tell you that uh, that uh, when it comes down, really down to it, uh, it's not really something you explain. It's just something you announce. So, um, like I said, uh, test God and see if he's telling you the truth. Um, we did, and he, he is. Um, that said, if you, um, you want to be a part of uh, blessing the local church and then blessing the, our international outreaches, um, the uh, instructions for online giving are here uh, on the screens. If you um, wanted to do something personally, there's envelopes on the on the tables. I'll give you a chance to um, to prepare anything you were planning to, and then we will uh, we'll pray and be dismissed.
if everybody's finished, uh, let's go ahead and stand and we'll pray over the offering. Be dismissed. Dear Father God, we just thank you for the word today. We thank you for this new year. Uh, we thank you for all the opportunities that you set before us this year. And Father God, we just thank you that now that 2020 has come to a close, um, we take this time to reflect and move forward in, in the things that you're having us do. We just thank you, Father God, that people uh, throughout the church are making quality decisions, Father God, as to what they're going to do with their lives in 2021. Thank you for it. Father God, for the people that have um, sown into the offering today, Father God, that have partnered up with you, I just declare again, Father God, that, that according to your word, that they would be blessed in return 30, 60, and 100 fold for the seeds that they've sown in love today, Father God. So we just thank you for all of the things that you're doing for the people today. Uh, we ask for your blessing as uh, everybody travels home and your blessing of peace and relaxation as we finish out the weekend. We ask for protection over Pastor as he uh, rushes off to the Laredo service. And we just thank you, Father God, for everything you've done for us. Thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You are dismissed. Enjoy the new year.